Welcome to the Author's Podcast with Lisa Newton. Writing a book is a dream for many people, and in today's society, it has become easier and more important than ever. If you are an expert, speaker, coach, or an authority in your field, having a book is the new business card. It can increase your credibility, enhance your status, and make you the go-to person in your field opening doors and bringing a flood of opportunities straight to you. You can increase your fees and start choosing the clients you really want to work with. The Authors Podcast Show with Lisa Newton is designed to inspire, educate and inform you, both entrepreneur and individual, on how to write a book, as well as writer's tips and strategies on how to actually get that book written. On today's show, you learn more about how to write a book, including writing ideas, marketing, and how to succeed in getting a book written. Here we go with the author's podcast, and here is your host, Lisa Newton. Welcome to another edition of the author's podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Newton. In each show, I'll interview an author, asking them about their book or books, how how they got started and what tips they might have for would-be authors who might be out there listening, struggling with how or where to get started and they're just interested in writing a book. So first of all, without further ado on the line, let me welcome today's guest, which is Winston Duncan. Winsome is an award-winning social entrepreneur. She has over two decades of experience teaching workshops to disaffected young people at risk. Winsome is passionate about empowering people in the wider community to access opportunities and develop the necessary skills to enhance their socio-economic outcomes. Winsome Duncan is also known in her artistic capacity as lyrical healer, and she has had the pleasure of performing in the Houses of Parliament, Barclays headquarters, Arsenal, Millwall Football Stadiums and the Royal Festival Hall. Her creative arts company, The Healing Factory, has produced four books with her latest title, 100 Ways to Conquer the Credit Crunch. Winsome also has a second company called Employ Me, which is a not-for-profit organisation that specialises in employability workshops. So, on the line, I should have Winsome. Hi, good afternoon. <laughs> Welcome, Winsome. Do you want to tell the listeners where you are at the moment? Yes, I am away on a break with some family. I'm in Essex at the moment, and believe it or not, at a children's party. <laughs> so if there's lots of screaming kids in the background, that's that's the, the children's party going on. I'm at the top floor, though. I've tried to get away, but you know sound resonates they're in the garden <laughs> on the trampoline playing but it's all part of the ambiance isn't it absolutely absolutely all right then so let's get started then so thank you very much first of all for being a guest on the show introduce yourself as in what you do in terms of the book writing and sort of how you first got into writing books okay well i um started writing books in 2016 i was always sorry six 2006 i was always a writer 
Um, I always loved the way words flowed together. I started off as a poet and I used to write in school. I used to write poems for my school friends at Valentine's so they could put it in their cards for their boyfriends. And if I was clever, I should have charged a pound a poem, really and truly. Um, So writing has just been something that's naturally gifted to me. And if someone said, you know, write about the, the bricks and the pavement and the car, I could make a beautiful piece of poetry out of that. So before Lyrical Healer came Winston Duncan and I just used to do frame poetry for people's birthdays and I got the writing bug to write my first collection of poetry in 2006 which was called The Food Spiral and that was my first uh, poetry book collection of 21 poems and I was the publisher with the Healing Factory. But since then, and I probably should have updated my bio, um, I've written six books now. Okay. And my latest title is 100 Ways to Save Money, an Employment Guide. So six books. And are the themes of the books always similar? Or you, I think you said you started with poetry. Yes, that's correct. No, they're not actually, Lisa, which is really quite interesting because I was told that you must stick to a genre, but I don't need to do anything that people tell me to do. <laughs> creative. I need to think outside the box. I need to um, live what's in me. I need to just express. Mm. So having said that, um, you know, my books have been about saving money. Uh, my books have been about helping people into work mm-hmm. and love lost, love hurt. And the next book that I'm going to do is about business. But I think what's more exciting now was like since the Healing Factory, they actually published my own book titles. Now I'm actually publishing other people's titles. So the most recent company, if you will, would be Peaches Publications. And that was started over 14 months ago so what are we in we're in 2017 um so yeah 14 months ago from there okay so two 2015 i'm trying to add up you're the you're the genius (laughs) (laughs) work it out for me darling work it out 2015 okay so just tell me the differences between the companies then so you mentioned the healing factory yeah so that's a creative arts company actually okay we did drama we did theater we did play with early years we did augustus bowell forum theater we you know where the protagonist was in the character and and we would change the scenarios because that was my background that's what i grew up on that's what i learned in in terms of my industry and my craft But um, because I wanted to publish my books, I expanded it to a publishing company and I just did the titles for myself because that was just the easiest thing. And I think print on demand, which is how you distribute your books globally, had just started up around that time or a little bit before. So I wasn't even aware of that. Would have been a lot easier (laughs) back then. So it was me sending the books out with the Healing Factory to people like Amazon, people like Gardeners, Whereas nowadays with the Peaches publications, that's all done automatically and they'll just take their fee for postage and unit price. So um, those are the main differences. And with Peaches publications, we we publish authors. We love working with clients. We work all over the UK. I actually had my first international client last month, which is March. Yeah, I don't think I've told you this. From Nairobi. He was in Nairobi. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. You know, in order to publish a book nowadays, you don't even have to be in the same room as that person. Right. You just need a telephone line or a Skype. 
So Peaches Publications your, is the publishing arm of your your book publishing business. Okay. For external authors, yeah, for external, for external authors. For external authors, okay. And, and I call it Peaches Publications. Yeah, go on. No, no, I was going to ask you, why why, why Peaches? Your favourite colour? Yeah. Or fruit? No, 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 no. I call it Peaches Publications because life is sweet Ooh. and life is peachy. Okay. And from my perspective, let's look at the glass as being half full mm. as opposed to half empty. So this, this is for external authors. Is there any particular genre you like to specialise? in or i will consider all genres mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that um we've got an emerging theme as yet we're fairly new the only thing uh, well you know we don't we don't deal in erotica so okay. things like of that nature we <laughs> wouldn't publish yeah but, but i'm open to different types of books so the books that i've had done one was a, a an account of a murder that took place in peckham real life names were changed so on and so forth and that was really uh interesting because it looked about the consequences of how it affected everyone in that circle mm. mother children brothers judges police officers everyone that was involved mm. so that was quite um an interesting uh uh book to take on then we had another one which was stories from jamaica you know it it, it told tales of slavery mm. and that was fictional tales mm. and that was by Linford Sweeney then we had a collection of poetry by Carol Campbell she was actually based in Birmingham and she had poetry that was God-based God-centered spirituality and she wanted to uplift and motivate lovely lady she heard me on the radio and got in contact mm. and currently I'm doing a book on on stress management so as you can see mm. the themes don't really correlate yeah. But I would say that the people that, that I kind of work with are professionals, you know, professional entrepreneurs. That's the best way to describe them. Okay. Do you think I should have a special theme? Not necessarily, no. I mean, so, some people do, some some don't, some are open. So a question I, I, I like to ask, because sometimes publishing houses are like, oh, only this time, only that time. And maybe over time it, it might emerge... You are listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton. Please do subscribe to, like and share this channel. So just take me back then to the very first book that you wrote. You said that that was a collection of poetry. Yeah. Was that, um, the way you wrote that, was that over the years, like the collection, when was the first poem written? When was the last poem written? Um, gosh, you're making me think now. So it, it was written over the years. No, and the reason I ask, I find it very interesting because there are, I know there are people out there that write poetry and they've got loads of poems, probably over 100, and they could take maybe the best however many and publish them in some sort of book. And it's just interesting to me, like, over what time span, because I'd imagine as you write more poetry, you get better. So maybe it's the later po poems you include as opposed to the earlier ones, but I don't know. So tell me. Well, it was written over a period of time, I believe. And I think that period was approximately just under two years. Okay. And I never knew that I really wanted to write a book. I would just write. And then mm. one day I had the idea of, oh, 
you know, it's a collection of poetry. Mm. And that particular book is a classic now because you can't you can't get it online unless I republish it. But mm. the whole idea of it, and I worked with an artist in Miami who, who did the designs, Vince, lovely guy. The whole um, idea of it was just to really talk about body image because I'm quite a shapely, voluptuous, curvaceous author. <laughs> And I've always been that way. Mm. And I think when you go through in life, you tend to sometimes be invisible or frowned upon or just mm. all kinds of issues come up when you are overweight. And the whole idea was to look at compulsive eating, which is overeating of food. Look mm. at it, look at it as um, a disease next to anorexia, next to bulimia. Mm. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, it's the same disease type, but just in a different form. And um, it was just to address these issues of being shapely and living in this, this world that is based on looks. So um, it's actually quite painful to, 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 to put together. But okay. nevertheless, it was therapeutic, cathartic. Okay, that's very interesting. Very interesting. And w- were there other books similar or did you not look? Did, was this your idea and you thought I wouldn't mind putting this together at that time it was just my idea and I thought I wouldn't mind putting it together I wasn't that savvy (laughs) I just wanted to write I Mm. wanted to write a book it probably was a lot more expensive Mm. back then self-publishing it because I you know took it to the authors and got it published and Mm. I didn't understand what I understand I didn't understand I didn't understand what I understand now yes yes what I understand now that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so so it was just a desire to really want to, to write and have a piece of work and be an author. Mm. And I didn't think really any much further than that, mm. um, just to put together the collection mm. of work. And so fast forward to present day now then. So you've got your sixth book out there. And that one is 100 Ways to... Save Money. Save Money. What gave you the idea for that book? Well, I started my business, Employ Me, when I was unemployed um, in 2013. I was at the job centre for the third time in my life, felt depressed, felt isolated, felt really down. And I just thought, how can I be here again? No money, blah, 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 blah. And I just knew that I wanted something different. Mm. I knew that this time when I do go to work, I don't want someone to tell me, oh, no, we don't need you. Because I was at an agency, teaching agency at the time. And that's what the conversation was. Well, it wasn't even a conversation. My agency just told me, no, not to go back. And that's the, the nature of it. I, mm. I, you know, I understand that. But I, it was just before Easter. And I just didn't want to be put in a position where I would have someone tell me that I'm not coming back to work. So I set up my company um, back then and um, really just took the ball by the horns and decided that, I was going to do my own businesses. Mm, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. was the this was the first one. So that particular book, I took it to the job centre. Well, what it was, the book itself was it was a different title which you read out before: Hundred Ways to Save Money in the Credit Crunch. And I took that to the job centre. I was like, "Yeah, this is my business," because I was like, "I want to publish books." And he sat there and he told me, "Well, this is not going to be a lucrative business," and I was so angry. But what he did say was to go around, go away and build around it, build some workshops around it. So I got my mentor, Lorna Stewart, who was my new mentor at the time. She deals with corporates. Amazing woman. Definitely look her up. She does the Black 100 Plus awards, of which I was awarded. Mm. 
so so she started to help me and we sat down and we developed all what we could provide as um employment in terms of uh pre-employability training business startup cv writing um employment law workshops so on and so forth mm-hmm. and what we did was we we changed the title so it then became 100 ways to save money and we had an employment guide because there was an a to z employment guide uh to self-employment in the book and then that way when we did our workshops we could use that as a resource as a tool and purchase purchase more books for the clients that we worked with and everything was rebranded i took a loan from the job center for a thousand pounds and just rebranded it all so and i haven't looked back you know mm. being full-time in- employed i haven't looked back since and i really like although it's challenging i do like being my boss and i just hate people telling me what to do i hate <laughs> yeah i'm a bit of a stubborn one. Oh. okay no, that's that's excellent very encouraging you're listening to the author's podcast with lisa newton please do subscribe to like and share this channel because uh, there's a lot of people out there that would like to say write a book or would like to work for themselves or you know sort of take the ball by the horns as, as you've said and do their own thing but many of them you know i don't know maybe it's fear that stops them but they don't know what it is lisa many are called but few are chosen Mm. a lot of people can sit down ramble off their mouths about who they want to be where they want to be what they want to go what they want to write but it's the ones that get up and take action be proactive and find solutions to what it is that they want to write to those are the ones that will get a book done because i've talked to a lot of potential authors who you know want to be published and that's what makes the difference it's actually doing it I don't know if it's fair. I don't buy into that, I don't think. I'm not convinced. Mm. But, but what what is it then that is stopping them? Hmm. I know you say I, just, I, I know you say a few were chosen, but that it's almost as though it's an external, it's it's not coming from within them then. It's something external that is saying you, we're choosing you. They're stopping themselves. You know, because they're sitting on the sidelines of their lives Mm. they're stopping themselves if they've got a story to tell they've got to tell it i mean you know some people might find it scary maybe because i've written so many books and i find it easy or whatever but i I, I, i'm just very cut and dry about this you know Mm. if you want to tell your story if you want to live what's in you if you want to leave the knowledge that you have for the next generation then you must do it and you must find ways to do it and you must push through whatever is stopping you whether it's children keeping the house your job whatever challenges you're going through you must find a way you know I had a lovely lady attend our workshop she was like five months pregnant and she had three children but she found a way to come Mm. she didn't let that stop her and she came Excellent. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Absolutely. So we're going to go into this. We're going to dive into this a bit more deeply. For those of you just tuned in, I am talking to Winston Duncan, the Managing Director of Peaches Publication. And Winston helps people, authors, to get their book written. And we're talking about what is stopping people or why some people do it and others don't. Those who are really dedicated will find a way. And those who won't, will they sit on the sidelines, as you say? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you can't even say money is going to stop you. Because really and truly, if you don't want to pay a publisher to self-publish your books, fine. 
go online and learn how to do it. If you haven't got a laptop or a computer at home, fine. Go to the library and 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 use theirs for free for two hours. You know, if you don't know how to learn uh, use a computer, learn. You know, uh, break it down into bite-sized chunks. Break it down so you can um, be able to get to where you want to go at the end of your goal. Right. But what about if for those people out there, and I, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, and I hear it all the time, they'll say, oh, but I haven't got enough time. I just don't have the time. Well, then they don't want it bad enough. <laughs> you know, I don't have the time to sit down and write books, but I make the time because it's something I want to do. And I just think in life, whether it's writing a book or whatever it is, learning a new skill or learning, um, going back to university, hmm. people do... I know it sounds harsh. Maybe, you know, you've just got me on a day where I'm just telling it as it is. But people do what they want to do. Yeah. People make priorities for what they want to make priorities. Now, those same busy people, if that said to them, right, meet me at five o'clock in Essex at the station and I'll give you half a meal. Whatever they're doing just doesn't become important, does it? And their main objective by hook or crook is to get to that station for five o'clock. So it's priorities. They're just not making it a priority. Yep. And you've got to put books into your structure. People think that it's easy to write a book. If you know the formula, yeah, it becomes easier. But to sit down and type or to sit down and write or to sit down and scribe or or record your voice, you know, it it requires time. And time is the most precious commodity that we have as humans. Mm, Absolutely. So knowing what you know now, would you do anything differently? So you, you did say that, you know, you've learned a lot over the years. You know, if I was new coming into this, and obviously, you know, you've been in the game a long time, so you know what you're doing. As a newbie, what would kind of be the, I don't know, the biggest lesson you've learned in, in the whole process? Because like you said, you know, you've done this several times and maybe for you it's, well, it will be slightly easier than for someone who's never done it, but... You know, what, what's kind of like the, the biggest thing or the biggest challenge you've overcome or the biggest lesson you've learned in the whole sort of book publishing world, if you like? That comes to me straight away. Make sure you get a qualified proofreader. Mm. Crucial. Very important. A lot of the time authors say, oh, you know, my friend read it mm. or my English teacher read it or, you know, this one read it, uncle read it. But... You need, if you want to bring it up to industry book standards, you need a proofreader. And the biggest lesson that I learned was not to use online websites like, say, People Per Hour to be my proofreaders because they didn't do a good job and there was errors in the book and it was a costly mistake and the book needed to be out at a certain time. Mm. So you know it's definitely not advisable I, I, it took me ages to get my proofreader joanna oliver she's a lecturer she's a lecturer at a university mm. and the test that i gave her was two crucial elements in terms of the dialogue and she she got it mm. she went through it and she spotted it and i by that time i'd gone to five people independently wow. proofreaders yeah mm. and and they're expensive mm. You know, proofreaders are expensive. Yeah, that's what happened. So you need certain people in your team help get the book at it at its very best and proofreaders. Finest. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was the biggest lesson that I've learned. Big, 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 big. Mm. Because no one wants to read the book. It spoils your reading pleasure, Mm. a book with lots of errors in it. It really does. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. You are listening to the Authors Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have the Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. On that note, then, because there are proofreaders and their job is to spot errors, I suppose. But some people kind of can give suggestions on how things might be written better yes right that's very well good thinking i like you <laughs> so <laughs> here's the thing right with r1 we just do a standard proofreading so that looks at the sentence structure mm. that looks at the same text of a sentence and it looks at the grammar mm. of a sentence and then what we have is something called a critical friend which is a little bit more extra mm. and that would as she reads it, she will tell you about the continuity of the book mm. and where it perhaps needs to be developed more mm. or where it perhaps needs strengthening or things could be taken out or chapters could be swapped around. Mm. And I think that's crucial as well because you've got to remember that not, you know, anyone could essentially be a writer, but not everyone's a gifted writer. Right. Now, my sort of joy comes from editing. I'm a little bit of a nerd. I love editing and typesetting, and I don't know why, because they're very time-consuming. But um, I love it. I love I love making things succinct and precise and tightened and so on and so forth. So when I edited um, a, a, a music music industry book that I'm uh, working on at the minute. Although it was a lengthy process, it was really good putting it into, you know, standard English dialogue and and just really tidying it up nicely. So, so yeah, Critical Friend is really good in terms of getting feedback about the actual tone of the work mm. and where you could sort of tidy it up a little bit, give it a little bit of pizzazz, a bit of polishing up, mm. that kind of thing. Okay. And, I mean, you said that you you know you enjoy proofreading are you uh, uh, an avid reader do you like to read a lot no 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 i don't enjoy proofreading i'm not a proofreader i enjoy editing ah so i'm dyslexic oh, okay. read to save my life oh wow <laughs> how interesting i can't proofread to save my life no 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 but again you know i didn't let my dyslexia stop me do you see what i mean yeah. i just sort of pushed on through no, really yeah why should the learning difficulty stop me? I can't really write properly. I write in scribbles and then I read back my work and I think, oh, <laughs> what does that say? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, 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 w- I wouldn't dare let that stop me. But um, to be honest with you, can I tell you a secret, Lisa? Go ahead. I don't actually read as much as I should. <laughs> I'm naughty, aren't I? Well, I just find it interesting because sometimes some people they prefer to listen to books as opposed to read them. So I just think it's it's interesting. I think I I always thought sort of reading, writing go hand in hand. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to change because you know mm-hmm. leaders are readers, yes. so I've been told. But yes. you're right. I do I do listen to audio books, and the latest one. Mm-hmm. 
that I'm listening to was the um, one from the lovely Chandra, the writer of Grey's Anatomy. Okay. The Year of Yes. Oh. And um, it's really interesting because I find her tone quite monotone, mm. but, you know, I can take it in small bits mm. and it is a very, very, very good read. She's very decorative with her wording. Mm. And when I'm up and around and tidying up the house, that's a brilliant one. I started to do, what's that book about Babylon? Oh, gosh. The Richest Man in Babylon. Okay, by George Classen. Yep. Have you read that? Absolutely. Timeless classic. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Is it good? Fantastic. And it, it's, that one's actually quite, I think, quite a quick read. Probably like 30 minutes to get through that one. The oh, are you a speed reader? No, but I, I, I suppose I read quickly. But um, wow. that, that doesn't, it's just because well for me finance books personal finance i i love books like that so th yeah that was so good I, I bought that gave it to my mum and then i don't know what she did with it i think she lent it to someone it's just it's a very good book very good book. well i started listening to that and the i think it's the alchemist yeah but they're quite well when i say technical like it, i couldn't get into it straight away so i have to go back and finish those off because i have heard how good they are oh yeah definitely definitely so more of an audio book person okay fair enough fair enough and have you turned any of your books into audio only one okay which was the latest one 100 ways to save money and that's a three-part audio and there's a clip online for 10 top tips to get to get into work so you know if people want to have some tips along that they can just type that title in and it, and it should come up and it's a free you know clip on youtube i think about five five six minutes um so yeah i've i've, I've done an audio book yeah one okay the the listeners want to get hold of that reminders again so what would they type in so i've done a little sample chapter which is 10 top tips to get employed okay. and they just type that in and then Winston Duncan and it actually should come up. The audio books aren't available online. They're available directly from me. So you just have to contact me through any of my social medias. If you just tap in my name, Winston Duncan, I can sort that out through PayPal, but you can get the paperback version of it online. And funnily enough, my readers tend to like paperback, which is, which is really interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, myself, I'm not really a Kindle person. I am still good old-fashioned paper. And I know people have said, oh, you know, Kindles are amazing. If you go on holiday, you can take a whole library of books with you. And I do like to read, but I, I like the, the sensation of just flicking through the pages and putting in my bookmark. <laughs> the physical aspect of it. Well, that's just me. I've not quite got into the Kindle thing as yet. Myself. So if I brought you a Kindle book for your birthday, what would happen? Um, I'm sure I'd make some use of it, but it's <laughs> going in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like, I just what I tend to do if I'm away and I've got books on me, like I'm always in the library, so I'll have a book always on me, always, always. But if I go away, I tend to have a book that I'll leave on the bookshelf of wherever I'm staying, and perhaps take a, a book back with me. So I, I just think books can, you know, travel around the world that way. So you know, I quite I like doing that. 
It's just. But do you know with the Kindle book, they've actually got ones that supposed to resemble papers. Do you know that? No, I'll I'll confess I don't know that much about how Kindles work. I see people on the tube all the time with them. I think that's what they are. I've looked at a screen and it doesn't actually glare. So it's quite like a flat to dual screen, which I suppose makes it easy on the eye. So... Well, you're not alone. I don't own the Kindle either, and I don't really see what the fuss is about. But, you know, it is one of the ways to diversify your income, and it does make money, and you get more of a percentage of sales through Kindle. Through a Kindle book. Yeah. Okay. All right. Excellent. So those just tuning in, I'm talking to Winston Duncan, who is the managing director of Peaches Publication, and Winston helps authors to turn their work into books or should i say would be authors would be writers um to turn um their ideas into a book with so, was at this event at the weekend and apparently the guy on the stage he said seven in ten people actually want to write a book so why do you think so many people aspire to wanting to write a book specifically what do you think it is about right I'd like to know where he, where he got those. I, I, I know. Me too. Me too. It's quite high, isn't oh, it? Definitely. Seven in ten want to write a book. I think that people have a need to want to tell their story. I think it's quite cathartic for them. Mm. I think that um, te- when you write a book, especially if it's non-fiction, you become a consultant of that subject mm. and potentially could upsell to other products and services that you have Mm. because you're an expert or you're seen as an expert in that field Mm. the average book life of one title would be 300 books sold of its whole life okay if you sell any more than that then you might you might you might be uh in competition with jk rowling (laughs) you might be a bit lucky but um so an an average book title title, it in its entire life sells 300 copies yes wow and normally people tend to make back their money by then if they did self-publish okay yeah it does do you think that's a lot or small? Or? I would. I wouldn't say that's very, very many. But I, again, I don't know where that's they get these numbers from. It. Yeah, because think about it. It will go to their family and their friends, mm. and that's probably about the limit of it. Because you know, again, they say, "Oh, I don't really use social media. Oh, I'm not on LinkedIn. Oh, I'm not on Twitter." You know, mm. and how I see that, you're just putting one block in front of the other you might as well build a concrete wall oh i don't like being on camera Mm. (laughs) and i'm just you know wakey wakey rise and shine you want to sell books you want to make money then you're going to have to look at marketing that product but a lot of them just actually want just to to just to have it family and friends it really depends on your need they don't even care if they don't make money from it or not well, you know that, it's a very personal thing writing a book that, very that personal. used to be called vanity um publishing i think it's called where people just wanted the book for more for themselves not even really necessarily for anybody else really that's what they used to call it vanity publishing where people just yeah they just if if they're not really willing to to market it as such but they just want to have a book to say they've got a book it was called vanity publishing oh yeah 
Wow. See, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm learning too. Um, but to go back to your question, seven out of ten authors or potential authors, why would they want to write a book? Mm. I guess they just want to live what's in them. That's what Les Brown says, my mentor. You know, they want to tell their story. Um, they want to know that they existed long after they've gone into the ether, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Mm. Something of their legacy is left behind. Wow. And I suppose a book is one of the best ways to do that. Yeah, because if you get it catalogued in the British Library, which has six deposit offices in the UK, you know, children years and years to come can look at your books from researching because everything's online now. Yes, that's very so true. They would do an essay for uni or something like that. That's very true. It's very important. Very, very, very important. Okay. And just in terms of your writing, like how, what's your process? How do you go about it? Do you, do you like to write a little bit every day? Do you um, sort of get it all down at once? Uh, what, how, how do you do it? Seclusion. Seclusion, okay. Isolation. Turn off my phone. Turn off the internet. Let me write. I, I, I cannot be interrupted mm. when I'm writing or editing or in my flow. My phone cannot be pinging mm. and I'm looking at my phone. I'm just not that type of writer. Ideally, I would like to go, you know, away and write, mm. go abroad or whatever. But yeah, I'm not that type of writer. I just like to get it done. I'm not pick up, put down person. Mm. Just, just let's get it done. Let's just set aside this time to do it. I mean, I wrote a book in 24 hours. Okay. But because it's a pen name, I can't actually tell you what it is. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pen name and it was a book that perhaps people might not think I've been known for. And for your listeners out there, a pen name is a fictitious name that authors use when they're writing about subjects that perhaps are different or diverse. So for example, if you've got a, uh, author that writes about let's say astronomy mm. and then they want to do a book about erotica mm. you might not want those two paths to cross mm. so the erotica will have a pen name so they can't connect it directly to the astronomer oh. so okay that's very interesting so if if there's people out there that are maybe thinking, oh, what I want to write about is a bit risque and I don't want anyone yes. to read my work and feel, oh, my goodness, what have you been getting up to? <laughs> Shades of grey. Exactly. You could do that under a, a pen name, a fictitious name. But then, you know, if it starts to do really well, don't you want to, I don't know, I suppose you can't, you have to always remain anonymous, I suppose. Otherwise. It's an independent decision. <laughs> if it started to do yeah. very well, you might want to pat the shadows <laughs> and bring your thumb or whatever you got along. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's really in, in independent. But it does give you a certain type of freedom yes. because when I write in that mode, I'm someone else. I'm not Winston Duncan. Mm. I just become the character. Yes. And in that character, that character can do things that are so far removed from me. Mm. that there's no embarrassment to write that story or to tell that story. No, very interesting. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Have you got a pen name? I don't, actually. Um, <laughs> no, because all the books I've, I've done thus far have all been sort of factual, so there's nothing um, that I wouldn't want to be associated with directly as such right now. But I do know what you mean. 
because sometimes you know some books are almost autobiographical in a sense and a lot of the information in the books the research from the characters and stuff is is personal and people might be able to connect it to themselves um so that's why they need a pen name and that's actually a good point that you made because that's when it becomes you know for legal purposes Mm. and legality Mm. so i totally definitely you know especially if crimes have taken place in that autobiographical story definitely put it as a, a as a pen name or some it's just safeguarding yourself from being sued absolutely absolutely you were listening to the author's podcast with lisa newton please do subscribe to like and share this channel okay so you you help people to to get their books written so if someone's out there thinking oh you know i want to write a book how might they be able to work with you Okay, so there's a process. We have a six-step process to writing a book. Um, And we also do a 20-minute free consultation. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing that I would do, it'd be a conversation, but what I would say is I'd say, what's your email address? And then I'd email them a form. It's called Tell Us About Your Book Form. Mm -hmm. And it's just A4 and they'll fill it out and they'll explain what their book is if it's been proofread, what size they want, stuff like that, just general generic stuff that gives me insight Mm. and what that does it separates those that are serious and those that are not because when I first started out Lisa, I'd be on the phone for hours talking to these prospects and nothing would come off of it, Mm. so if someone's serious about writing a book then they'll fill out the form, send it and then we can have our 20 minute free consultation either on the phone or we can do a video call whatever's there up to them you know Mm. um so once that process is done they will make a decision as to what type of packages that they uh would want but it's 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 a different question if you're asking me how to write a book then it it, you know you want a a book mentor Mm. like myself to sit down and coach and give you ideas and we put the the chapter structures together and then you go away and write Mm. that's you know going to take time it will take as much time as the author's required Mm. so I would say okay do this do that and then bring it back to me I work with them on a minimum of four sessions Uh, but if you're saying that you want to publish and you've got the manuscript ready then we give that process up to 12 weeks because um, the longest thing in that process is proofreading and editing and you know and sorry typesetting as well but sometimes the book's not edited it's just typeset so those are the longest parts of the process and basically the the manuscript will come to us and we take a look we'd give our recommendations start working on the cover sometimes authors have their own covers and from from that um we'll give them a date for the 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 manuscript to be typeset and typesetting basically for your listeners is the in book industry standard format that the book is laid out in so it's mess not messy and it hasn't got double spaces here and lines are disjointed it's just to make sure that it's nice and neat so it gives you a top quality reading experience really and once that's gone back to the author and been approved then um we go for our first proof uh copy of the book so the proof is the prototype i always love that because it's the it's the first (laughs) it's the first 
So you go for the proof and then you'll have a look at it, see if there's that you're happy with it or if there needs to be any spelling changes, grammar changes, um, all of these kind of standard stuff. And that would be the point with your proof book that you would need to say, right, could we add this? Could we take that out? Could we make that change? Because then after that, you would sign it off and say, right, you're happy with the final changes. And then we go to print. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, there's two different things, mm-hmm. how to write and how to publish. Right. Okay. You know? Yes, that's, that's true. That's true. Some people have already got the book sort of finished and others are still at the early stages, just maybe thinking about it. Yes, definitely. And in addition to that, you know, I'll give them a, a, a launch checklist mm. because people make me laugh. They really do, Lisa. You know, um, you, you think you might know something, but then there's crucial things that you will miss. And that the launch is about making sure that you can sit down and sign and get your book sold because mm. that could be the only place where you sell the majority of your 300 copies of books. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> so... Um, there's things that you need to put in place to make sure things run smoothly so we've got a, a checklist that the authors can work with and tick off and make sure they've got the right product and merchandise there on the day and we also provide a six-month marketing strategy media strategy um, to help sell more books because I would like them to sell more who doesn't want to earn an extra income I mean come on yeah okay and how can we get in touch with you I know you said social media but uh, give us your Twitter handle. Okay. Um, well, we don't have a specific Twitter handle for for Peaches Publications. Probably now, after this conversation, we might have to. But what's the best way um, for, for <laughs> someone to get in touch with you, though? Visit our website, www.peachespublications.co.uk or peachespublications.com whether you're in America, UK. Um, So just pop onto the website. They've got a contacts page. Drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. We do have a Facebook page if you'd like to like it. So it's uh, www.facebook.com forward slash Peaches Publications. And I'm guessing after today, we're going to have a Twitter page as well. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll let you know about that (laughs) online. Um, But yeah, you know, get in touch, drop us a message. Um, See what testimonials we've got. There's lots of videos on there of explaining barcodes, you know, explaining the process, the six steps process to publishing. Just go online, have a look at some of the testimonials of people that have attended our workshop. Just have a little nose around and uh, see how you feel about it all. Excellent. So peaches, like the fruit, publications with an S. With an S, it's plural, yes. .co.uk or .com. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. And it will be in the notes section of the podcast as well for those who haven't got a pen and it flies through one ear and out the other. (laughs) So, um... sometimes you're listening to podcasts and you're just like oh my gosh what did they say again so it will be in the notes section (laughs) so what's the best thing or the worst thing about being an author do you think Winston oh gosh that's a good one wow okay so the best thing about being an author is having your book in your hand that is printed it's like having a baby 
like giving birth that's the best way to describe it because it's a labor of love it's something <laughs> if you imagine it was on the inside of you it was just a thought it was just an idea and you somehow have had the discipline the commitment the dedication to pull it out into the physical realm yeah. and create it into a hardback paperback audio created it into some sort of physical format so I think that that is the for me that's the best feeling ever when I get that first copy in my hand I see my baby that that there's nothing that triumphs that even if there's one or two grammatical mistakes <laughs> I still love it it's my baby and then I think for me the worst thing about being an author is having all of these big corporates that saturate the market that don't even want to consider you know authors like myself and just want to do a money-making scheme and you know if you do go with a corporate you'll be lucky if you get like 22 pence per copy of your book and it was funny I had a conversation with someone who you know I'm not going to say these the name of the, the publisher but you know, very well known, everyone knows this publisher, and they got on the books, they got published, and not one piece of marketing was done. Wow. Not one. And I was absolutely horrified. You know, awful, it's awful, Lisa, honestly, you know, and that's the worst thing, not being able to get your book in front of the right people and in front of the right audience but we've just teamed up with an awesome PR company that just specializes in, in in books PR and we're just doing a partnership so we're going to be announcing that on the website um, in the next couple of weeks uh, so we're really happy because that in itself will give opportunities uh, to get your book out to more people in order for it to sell because it's nothing like having a pile of books and it's not selling and it's not nice not nice feeling at all absolutely absolutely and you i mean um i think that you're you're very good at um marketing and publicity and like you said earlier on though it's about Thank getting you. yourself out there and many people don't so if you're a, a shy and retiring author and you know you want to write a book but you're like oh no no, no i don't want all of those you know i don't want to be out there out there like you know on social media you know i want to have a private life what is is it possible could is it you know can you do that or is it just you know sort of impractical well you know it's it's interesting because uh i'm sort of i sort of heard bits and pieces of that question it was it was cutting in that but i think i understand what you're asking me um so look here's the thing if you're not social media savvy outsource mm. online and get people to get involved that know what they're doing and let them promote it. Mm. And you can be an author and not necessarily be in the, like, the limelight as well. Mm. It's such a personal thing that you can tailor make it to what your aims and objectives are. But if you want to write a book and you feel that that's a burning desire within, you must live what is in you. We are not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next hour. You know, so many things are going wrong in the world today. You have a duty uh, to yourself to tell your story. And if you want to do that privately, you know, your own personal collection for you and the family, just do it. Like Nike would say, just do it. Excellent. Um, 
that's what I would say. <laughs> Just do it. Excellent. So yeah. on that note, I, I want to thank my special guest for this week, Winston Duncan, who is the Managing Director of Peaches Publications. Once again, if you want to get in touch with Winston, you can do so on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Peaches Publications with an S plural. On the website, there is a contact form and plenty of more information about how you can get in touch with Peaches, look at the testimonials and look in, at how the six step process to, to publishing works. And the website is www.peacherspublications.com and peacherspublications.co.uk. Any final words, Winston? Yes, I just think that you are awesome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I I'm not paying you to say that. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I really express. I, I respect what you're doing, Lisa. You know, we speak a lot and, and we have intriguing conversations about the book industries and stuff like that. And um, I'm always open to, to learning. And I think that it's wonderful to see powerhouse uh, females out there but that aside what i would say to anybody that's listening that's that, that, that to this podcast i might have sounded a bit harsh and in, in in places it's just the spirit of the mood that i'm in but the only reason why i do that is because i want you to succeed and i want you to achieve and i want you to tell your story and i want you to live what's in you and i don't want you to go to the grave without having done that so if it's something that you want to learn more about then then delve into it just just be encouraged be inspired you can do it. it it might take a little bit of time but if with discipline and scheduling um uh, you you can you can tell your story absolutely. so be encouraged ladies <laughs> and gentlemen be encouraged yeah absolutely absolutely perfect okay so Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This has been Lisa Newton talking to Winsome Duncan. You're listening to the Authors Podcast. On each show, I interview an author and we get to talking about books, publishing, what authors and would-be authors should be, shouldn't be doing. And just one final question, Winsome. So the book that you mentioned, uh, your latest book, which was 100 Ways to Save Money, yeah where uh, uh listeners able to get hold of that book so it's on amazon it's on kindle you can download it for those of you that have your trusted kindle and um if you want a, a audio copy you can get that directly from me um just contact me via the website www.peacherspublications.co.uk or .com or go online on facebook and do look out for my seventh book called the boss factor excellent coming soon this year 2007 17 <laughs> yes <laughs> excellent let's go back and you know what i mean <laughs> okay so thank you all listeners for tuning in and i'll see you on the next show you have been listening to the author's podcast with Lisa Newton, sponsored by Boogles Limited. Tweet the show at Boogles underscore books, spelled B-O-O-G-L-E-Z underscore books. You can also contact your host via the email address lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And if you want to join our author's community, 
Join the inner circle at www.writerbook.net. You have just been listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton. See you next time.